So we are continuing with the uh, book of Matthew 10, 16, 23. And the title for today is Not So Independent on Independence Day. And uh, if you were here last Sunday, if you not, go ahead and listen. We, Pastor Jay last Sunday spoke about the disciples. And what I love about what he spoke about the disciples is he spoke about how they were all so different. They were so different in the sense of how they spoke, how they behaved, what they were doing in life. And also, it was so different because all of them had different results. And like Pastor Shelley said today, if we honestly examine ourselves, we can relate to some of the disciples, all of them. If we look at our life, you'll be like, man, I can identify with that person, right? But then Pastor Jay also talked about that if we did some really searching in our hearts and really, really examine ourselves... We are not going to be too quick to judge. Because most of the time when you ask people about the disciples, what do they say? Who do you know? Judas. Right? And so we are quick to say Judas did this and this. But the Bible is reminding us that take heed that you may also fall. Right? And so it's, it's looking at our hearts and, and figuring out where am I God? Lord examine me because I too can fail. In Matthew 10, 1 says, these guys were given power to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. So they, that was a lot of power that they were given. They were given power to bless or curse, but they had to remember that this power was not for their own good, but it, it was not for their own use, but it was so that it can glorify God, and it was coming from God. Because I feel like if you want to relate that to the things today, is God gives us, we pray to God and say, like, God, I need, I need a spouse, I need a, a car, I need a house, I need, um, I need money, I need all these things. And then when you are given, then we go make it about us and we forget about the fact that it's God given and actually it's to glorify God. Amen. They had the independence to give and take away blessings, but it had to be in the confines of God's will. Because most of the time, like I said, we, we want to do things and we, we appreciate and we are on our knees and we are praying to God and then he gives us and then we forget that we still have to stay in God's will. And all these things was to glorify God, to show the power of God to his people. When they went out and cast out demons, when they healed, when they did all these things, it wasn't to focus on themselves, but it was to focus so that the, all the glory can go back to God. So what is our text today telling us? In uh, Matthew 10, 16, 23, it says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men who, beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the council and scorn you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak for. It will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the spirit of the Father who speaks in you. Now brothers will deliver up brothers to death. Fathers his child and his child. And children will rise against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to the other, for assuredly I say to you, you will not have gone through the city of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So what is this text telling us? Behold, I send you out into a dangerous place. That's what Jesus is telling them. Even before you go, I'm telling you the truth. 
And I think that's very, very important nowadays because I feel like we, especially the American Christian, we don't understand that actually we are being sent to the oaths out there. God has called us to go out there and fellowship and make disciples. But the place you're going out there is not just a comfort because here we are so used to our own comfort. We are so used to my coffee is not hot enough. Traffic is too much, right? That's, those are the wolves that we are dealing with. But God is saying, I'm preparing your heart because a time is coming and we are there. Yeah. When we're going to be sending you out there where people want to kill you and destroy you. Yeah. We need to be aware of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I love the Bible because the Bible is not really... Uh, the Bible is actually telling you the truth. It's telling you this is what you're going to come. It's not like one of those sales things like, hey, this is going to be amazing. If you sign up here and you pay $9.99 and then guess what? Life will be good. But then you forget about the $700 sign up. And Anyway, the story goes on. <laughs> it's saying that this is what is coming. And if you know that that's what's coming and if you know that's why you're being sent, then don't you think we should pay heed and attention to that? I love what Spurgeon says, because uh, before I say that, says, you think about it, I watch National Geographic, and most of the time when you see whether it's the deers or the animals that are being hunted, there's a bunch of them, they're all hiding together, right? And then when they're hiding together, then there'll be one or two wild animals like the wolf, and as they run to them, if the herd doesn't stay together, what happens? The one that goes out is the one that's eaten up, right? And Spurgeon says, after all, the mission of the sheep to wolves is a hopeful one. How can it be hopeful? Since in the natural world we see that sheep, though feeble, they outnumber the wolves by so far, even though the wolves are so fierce. You know what that says? That says there is might in numbers. We are not alone. If we take up our position and stop just worrying about everybody, what they're doing, and, and focus on, on what God has given and the mission that we've been given, then we can be stronger than the rest of the world. Because you think about it, if we are guarding a wall as a church, because we, we are family, and everybody is guarding their position, everybody is guarding their position, and they have their sword, and they have, they have their word, and they have God, and they are doing all those things, then we're going to be strong. What if one of us slacks? What's going to happen? It's going to be an opening that brings the enemy in and that becomes a crack. This is an encouragement. Because as long as we stay together as Christians, as long as we stay as, as, as believers, as long as we have that relationship with God, which comes from a self-examination first, being right with God, then guess what? We shall be okay no matter what the world does out there. One of the things, one of us saying that I like in the business world says, change the way you look at things and things you look at change. Change the way you look at things and the things you look change. What does that mean? It means that right now, if you look at yourself like, oh my goodness, you wake up in the morning. First of all, if you're waking up in the morning and you're worried, that means you do not know our God and you don't really know that God is our provider and our protector and those things. So if you do that, if you wake up in the morning and be like, oh my goodness, the world out there just want to eat me. They are wolves. Then guess what? You're going to recoil and go back home. You're not going to do your mission. You're not going to reach people that need to be rich. But you wake up in the morning and say, yes, I know there are wolves, but guess what? I'm going to wake up in the morning and put on my armor and walk out there to, be, to fight because there are other people who are outside the confines of God that we need to bring in. Then you're not going to be worried. 
it's a good thing because if we do that in numbers, we'll be able to advance the kingdom of God. You and I have been called to be disciples. We've been called to bring people to Christ. The text also continues to say, be wise as serpents. Wisdom would keep them from the, wisdom would keep the disciples from attracting trouble unnecessary and, how, and show them how to avoid compromise. Serpents are attacked by everybody and must be creative and wise to survive. Because when I read that verse, I'm like, snakes are not good. Why do we want me to be like a snake? Right? <laughs> but the reason you're being asked to be like a snake is because everybody wants to destroy a snake. And if, anyway, I'll stop. I digress. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, what he's saying is, if you're going out there and you are on Facebook beating up people, doing all those things, defending your, the word of God, which is okay, the question is, are you starting trouble and is that bringing glory to God and is it bringing people to Christ? Because at the end of the day, no matter where you stand, whether it's preaching or speaking to people or encouraging them, you have to remember that it is a commission you've been called so you can advance the word of God, not advance your own self-issues. Remain harmless as doves, which means that we need to be gentle in spirit. Remember, the call is to win hearts and not to cause problems. And it continues to say, when you're brought before the law, they'll ask you to. Uh, when, they, when you're brought before the law, do, before the law, do not worry about what you're gonna say. The law is gonna tell you stop having church, stop worshiping. Yeah. You can't raise your hands. Yeah. You can't come to church. But God is saying, don't worry about that. I will give you what to say. You know, I was talking about, uh, it's, it's kind of, God does it intentionally. He'll take you and he'll put you in a job where you're miserable. Not in the sense that you're not working, but you have to pray before you get out of your car to go to your work. Right? Yeah. You get to pray for, uh, during lunch. Before you do anything, you are praying, you are continue praying so God can sustain you. Sometimes that's not the devil. God is allowing you to be in that position so then that way you can be the witness. Right? And the same thing with these disciples. God would have said, I'm not going to send you out to those people. I'm just going to send you to the, to the right people, the people who are going to encourage you and grow you. But he sent them to those people so then they can be the hope. They can be probably the only people that they will ever hear about God. But if they had not endured, gone through those things, there is no way they would have been there and some people would never have heard about God. But they also gave him the permission to be able to call judgment on them as well. Paul and Silas in the Bible, they prayed and the gods ended up giving their life to Christ. Families will betray you. COVID has showed us that. The enemy is going to look for little cracks. They'll tell you, you can't hang out with these, you can't do this, we can't relate, we can't do all those things. But the beautiful thing is God is saying that we are his family. Even though we might, our blood brothers and sisters might come against us and tell us that we are crazy for lack of a better word. Guess what? We have our church family. Mark 3, 30, 36 say, then the, Jesus, then he, Jesus' brothers and his mother, then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside they sent him and calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, look, your mother and your brother are outside seeking you. But he answered to them, Who is my mother or my brother? 
And he looked around in a circle at those who were sitting around him and said, Here is my mother and my brother. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. That's us. Okay? That Jesus calls us his brother, sister, mother, brother. Right? And that means that if you are having issues with our family here, it's your choice because God has already included you. So you need to go back and seek God because then if you exclude yourself from the church, then you're excluding yourself from Jesus as well. When they persecute you in the city, flee to another. You have not gone through the city of Israel without the Son of Man coming. It says, do not stall in one city when you are persecuted. Keep on moving. Don't cast your power. Don't cast your power while my Christians. All right, let me try this. Don't cast your power. Yes. So it's saying that, and especially this statement was talking about when, when they don't bless you and they don't listen to you, then dust off your feet and move on to the next because somebody else wants to need to hear the word of God. But if you waste your time there trying to do that and, and, and they are not receptive, then move on. And it says, actually, in this statement, he was talking about the judgment that was going to come to, to Judea through, the, uh, through the, Roman, uh, the Roman armies in AD 70. And how does that apply to us today? It says, we will overcome persecution before the end. He said, yes, it's going to sound like it's really hard and difficult and people want to kill you and all these things are going to happen. But do not worry, before you are overtaken by persecution, I will be there. And we see the same statement in Matthew 24, 21, 22. For then, there will be a great, for then, now, there will be a great tribulation, such as has never been since the beginning of the world until this time. Noah shall, no, Noah shall, it shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no fresh would, have, would, would be saved. For, but for the elect's sake, those days have been shortened. It's saying that when you go out there and you're persecuted and it says even though you continue to get beaten, it doesn't matter what the world changes, God is not going to let you be overtaken by persecution. That he gives us the hope to do that. So now what? Ask the person next to you, now what? Okay, that was weak. Let's try again. I thought you guys are going to do better than second first service. Say, now what? Perfect. My first point, be ready for persecution. You asked for it. There you are. Right? First Peter 4, 4.15 that it says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's murder. Yet if anyone suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him, be glori- let him, glorify, let him, let him glorify God in the matter. In the matter. Out there, you will find wolves. Persecution is coming. We've talked about this. The beautiful thing, like same thing as Jesus told the disciples, that you're going to go out there, there will be wolves, and, and you are the sheep, right? I wish you would have said something different, but that's what's going on. And the same thing, if you read Revelation, it's telling us that a time is coming, that where persecution is here, right? And I think for us, the, the American church, it's, it's so easy to... Don't get me wrong, I'm an American. Um, I have a different accent, but I'm still American. Um, we are comfortable. We are very comfortable. We, persecution is the things that happen to us physically. Persecution is my life is not what I want it to be. Right? 
But there are other places in the world where people are losing their lives. Yeah. There are other places in the world where they are really they, getting up in the morning, you don't know if you're going to make it. Yeah. But they are still standing strong for Christ. Right. There are people out there who their only hope is just Jesus, right? And I'm going to share a little bit of a story of um, one person here. So one of the things that we, we as a family is we, we try to stay aware of what's going on in the rest of the world in persecution. Because it's so easy to have our comfort. It's so easy to feel that we are comfortable, we are good. It's, it's so easy to forget that outside these walls and outside this country that these things are real. And so here um, we subscribe to Voice of Matter. And we get it every month and you get to see the stories of these people who are being persecuted for Christ. And it brings an awareness. It gets your heart ready. It puts you in a place where you know that if it's happening there, it's just a matter of time that it comes over here. And if anything, I shouldn't just start arming myself and doing those things, but praying for those people. Because they are going through that right now. So there's a lady, her name is Dana, and the husband is Ali. And Ali was raised as a Christian in an Asian country with very few believers. Well, Dana grew up as in a Muslim family. But she came to know Christ in the 1990s, and they both started preaching. And, and um, they had church and evangelism and going to all the people. But then one Sunday service, Muslim extremists came and, um, and bombed the church. And when the first bomb went out, then after a little while, another bomb went out. Killed a lot of people and maimed a lot of people. And Dana and the family, they were helping and, and they're getting everybody together and see you, you know, assessing the damage. But guess what? The police came and they thought that was the rescue, but actually the police came and captured them and put them in jail. And it says that instead of the police helping, police took the Christian to the police station for questioning. And rather than inquiring about the bombing, they asked Dana things like this. What do you do in church? And why do you go to church? But determined, Dana determined, remained faithful. She kept repeating that she was a believer in Jesus Christ. She was assaulted by the policeman. But she didn't give up. Finally, Dana was taken into a room where the other believers were being held. And as she listened to the screams of the believers being beaten in the nearby interrogation room, she started to cry. Then one of the church leaders whose skin was blackened with burns, he said, Dana, we were praying for you. Let us pray for the others who are still in there. They were let go. But in the process after that, Dana went ahead to preach the gospel and to the Muslim relatives. And ultimately, his aunt, uncle, and grandmother gave their life to Christ. But life continued. And one day, Ali, the husband, in 2011, Ali attended a conference in the neighborhood country. On his way back, he was stopped at the border because it's a bag full of Bibles. And they put him in jail. His wife was pregnant then. And... They interrogated him and tortured him the whole night. And then later on in the, in the, the, the following day, they, they released him. And that day, Ali came and told, they told Dana, Ali and Dana stayed up talking until 2 a.m. Ali said, I was afraid of being in jail. I wasn't afraid of being in jail, Ali told his wife. But I was afraid for you and the children. 
I plead that if I had to die, I would die at home, not there. Ali never woke up the next morning. He died of a heart attack even though he was young, healthy, and had received a heart exam a few weeks, a few months ago. People who experienced that border crossing Midland understood that, understood what was, was happening. The Christian leader said administering drugs during interrogation was common. Last year, Dana got a job teaching Russia, Russian at a university. But within six months, she was told she had to either give up her church membership or resign. Guess what Dana did? She left her job. Even after going through all those things, she still held on. And this is a statement for Dana. She says, I want to raise my kids well, just like their father. I want them to be faithful to God and serve him with, her, with their gifts. That's her story. So when you hear persecution, we, it makes you think otherwise. You realize that maybe for us it's not a treasure that we hold being a Christian and having this Christianity and having God and fighting for his word. But other people believe that it's worth losing their lives for. That over and over and over they are going. And the text today is telling us, be, be aware that a time is going to be coming when those things might happen to us. But if you don't read your heart, if you don't realize that that's what's coming, then we're going to be caught unaware. And unfortunately, there is no way of saying that we don't know because we cannot claim ignorance because we know that today. Persecution is coming. Today we celebrate independence. And it's good to celebrate independence, but if we can't really speak about Jesus and if we can't worship and praise, is it really independence? Are we independent in a way that we are letting our children be groomed to depend on themselves and forget about God? The Bible says, Proverbs 22, 6, train the child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So if we as parents, and I know there are people who don't have children, but even for you, remember, we are a family. So if, if you are a family and there are kids in there, that means you are a parent to those kids. And one day you're going to go before God and He's going to ask you, I gave you this help. I gave you all these things. What did you do with it? You're going to give an account to that. So if ourselves, we are not... See, we are not praying, we are not worshipping, we are not really aware of what's going on and we are ignoring and just feeling like, oh, we can continue and not understanding that there are oofs out there. How are the next generation going to be able to endure? Are we independent if we rely on the worldly power to tell us what we should do or should not worship? Second Timothy 3, 10, 15. But you have, you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner in life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecution, affliction, which has happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecution I've endured, and out of them all, Lord, delivered me. Yes, and all who desire living godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's a promise. You will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposter will grow worse and worse. It's not going to get any better. Deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue. That's the thing. Dana did not stop. She didn't say, I am done. I cannot, I cannot take care of my family and continue to preach the word of God. 
She didn't when it came to her losing her job, her only likelihood, she has four kids. She didn't stop. She continued. Are we willing to continue no matter what is going on in our lives? My number two is this. Be intimate with Jesus. Amen. Matthew 10, 19, 20 says, But when they, were de- when they deliver you up, do not worry about what you, you should speak, for it will be given to you in the hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the Holy Spirit, your Father, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. So pretty much it's saying that do not worry when you're handed to those people. The Holy Spirit will give you what to say. Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because think about it in the worldly sense. If you are going through something, let's say uh, an event occurs and, and you are in that situation, what happens to you? Everything shuts down. Right? If you're if you're if you're if you're facing a tragedy, everything shut down. You get confused. You all those things go on the time. If you know go, go around you, right? How are you gonna be able to hear the Holy Spirit if it's not a constant voice in your head? Yeah. It's not just something that you can just tap into when you need it. It's a relationship that you continue to do every single day. Um, I was talking to uh, Andy's mom the other day, and she said that she loves uh, zebras. Or zebra, for those who really are African. Okay? (laughs) And the reason she loves zebra is because they all have different stripes. Each and every one has a different stripe. And do you know how the mom gets to know the the little uh, zebra gets to know the mom? As soon as they, as soon as he or she is born, they bring each other heads to each other, and she or he gets to learn the stripes of the mom. So in a herd where you have 500 of them, the the little zebra can look at the mom's forehead and get to see that. Do we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do we have that whole, we have a relationship that no matter where I'm at, I can be a desert. When all their herd is running away from the lions, that they can just be like, Mom, that's you in the midst of all those things. Yeah. That when things come in your way, when life comes in, and when persecution comes, when life is, is tossing you from right and left, do you have that relationship? That instead of looking around and trying to figure out what's going on, that you can just look and follow God, and He's going to lead you. Remember, if you're separated, you're the one that gets eaten out there. It's a jungle out there. <laughs> if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit today, while there is peace, how are you going to hear Him when there is trouble? John 10:27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The disciples were sent out to the world that required them to see through Jesus' eyes. Psalms 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eyes. So not only are they hearing, but they are looking to God to guide them. They are looking at the Holy Spirit to guide them. Do you know Him? Do you know God? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Nobody? Okay, let me try this. This side. Do you know Him? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know him? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Oh my goodness, you guys are a tough crowd, okay? I, I, I feel like you guys didn't like eat breakfast so you can eat later. But we kind of need to be involved, right? Okay. K. 
Can you pick up God's voice in a crowded area? You think about a little child, right? And you go into a market or a football play, a football game or a, whatever you go to, whatever y'all guys go to, okay? And you're out there and your child gets separated from you. And you're calling them. How do they know which voice is mom and which voice is not mom? They know, and how do they do know that is because they have spent ample time with their parent. Are you spending time with God? That when we get to a point where it's all crowded and noisy, that we can still hear Him? Are you really spending time with Him? Or once you go to the crowd, you're going to just be lost? Do you know Him? Spend time in prayer and fasting. I see a lot of people, we talk about cutting the axe and, and, and I mean cutting the tree with an axe and I see a lot of people, the axe is in the shed and they are waiting for the last minute to be able to start cutting and realizing that it's not sharp. When do you sharpen your axe? Before. Thank you very much. We have answered. Pastor Shelley, thank you. Yes. Yeah. You sharpen your axe. And it's funny because, uh, not funny haha, but funny ha. Um, I was talking to a friend uh, this week and first of all, we, even I and, and, and our family, we feel like God has put us in this church to push you and encourage you to be a praying church. We have prayer night every Monday. Amen. And prayer night is not a time to come and fill the pew, but it's a time for you guys to worship God and be before God. Because if you do not spend time with God right now, you will not endure. That is not even a threat. It is the truth of it. Right? And so when you think about it, I was talking to, I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, it's interesting because today being Independence Day, if I told you guys that I'm going to be throwing a barbecue, have some fireworks. Guess what? I say who wants to come. I know, okay, 10 of you might come, right? That's fine. But the point is, we have been invited today to go hang out. To go do those things. And you've been planning for weeks. You've been planning to go and hang out with human beings for a whole week. You've been planning those things. And I am here telling you that how about you plan to come spend an hour with God, your creator, who's going to change your life and direct you. And you're like, no, no, I don't have time. I'm too tired. Yet I can pick up the phone and say, I just want to hang out with you. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll fit you on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. We'll be there. What's more important? Because the thing is, I want to prepare you because the time is going to come that the relationship you have, you have right here, praying and worshiping God and talking to Him is going to save your life and it's going to save your family. Yes. But if you're more concerned with a human relationship, which is good, praise God, I have friends. But you're not concerned about the relationship you have with God. It's going to be vanity of vanities. You have a lot of friends and you'll be running in different directions because you have nothing of substance. We will be a praying church. That's the only thing that we can endure. If you're not speaking to the maker, you, this information that we give you is just information. It's not transformational. The only time that it can be transformational is if you know, if you know the maker. Do you know him? Jeremiah 29.10 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. 
and will seek and and if you seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. See, we are so used to Uber Eat. I hate Amazon, but I love it. Amazon, right? You want something, you just tick, click, right? Oh, I want God, click. Because one behavior translates to another. Oh man, Mugi, pray for me. I. I'm going through this thing. Okay, sure, I'll pray for you, but how about you come, we pray on Monday together. Oh, I'm working. Hey, brother and sister, can, we, can, we, can you just pray for me? I was like, sure, and have you been praying for yourself? Oh, yeah, I said a prayer this morning. Microwave. Beep. The Bible says that if you seek me with all your heart, if you seek me as a, one of the verses says, if you seek me as a vital necessity, what's a vital necessity? Oxygen. Yeah. Right? If I took a bag and I put it over your head and I covered it, put tape all around it, right? And I said, what, and then I let your hands free, what would you do? Oh, I'm just going to wait for this oxygen to go down a little bit and then I'm going to start reacting to it. You know, I'm not, I, I mean, I tried this morning. I'll just wait for a little bit longer. No, you're going to die, right? Yeah. You start going out and untaping and tearing that up. That is seeking God as a vital necessity. That's when you wake up in the morning and you realize, God, I need you. I'm going to spend time with you. I will be in prayer. I don't want to fast, but I'm going to fast so then I can hear you and I can know you. That is seeking God as a vital necessity. But guess what? God is not saying I'm playing hide and seek. He's saying if you seek me as a vital necessity, you will find me. God, I haven't heard you. I'm not hearing you. Have you been seeking me as a vital necessity? God, I feel like we've gone apart. We, we are not together anymore. Have you been seeking as a vital necessity? Because God is saying, my word is true. God doesn't lie. He's saying, if you, fi- if you search for me, you will find me. Amen. My third point is this. Independent, independent or dependent, your choice. Independent or dependent, your choice. Matthew 10, 9, 10 says, so Jesus is saying, provide neither gold or silver nor a copper in your money belt, nor a bag of, for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor a staff, for a worker is worth of his food. Jesus was telling them that they need to depend on God's provision. Yes. They need to know where the source is coming from. Yes, they have been given the, they have been given the power to do those things. They have been given to cast out, power to cast out demons, bless and, and curse and do all those things. But then they cannot forget who they are depending on. Because like I said earlier, we, we pray and we tell God, give us this. And Lord, if you do this, I'm going to do this for you. God, if you do this, I'm going to be praising you all the days of my life. And we go in and we have that thing. And now that thing becomes a shackle. Right? One of the biggest prayers that even I pray and, and we constantly... I didn't like it at first. It really scared me before. We'll tell God, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to put me in your confidence. And sometimes those things have been painful. Right? Those things have been painful. God, give me divine connection and divine disconnections. Whether it's my work, whether it's our relationship, whether it's those things. We pray the same for our kids. Like God, 
Take away their friends if that's what it takes. Do whatever it takes because this is what we are fighting for. We are fighting for our lives, our generation. And if we are telling God, God, take away those things, then as parents, do we need to take away things from our kids so that they can worship God? That's a side note. It wasn't in my notes. <laughs> Matthew 10, 8 says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We don't have anything. Everything we have has been given to us by God. Amen. And if honestly we start from there, if we realize that everything we have, that bread you just spread is now yours. That one too. That one. You're breathing. That too. It's not yours. It's God's. Even now, still. That voice, you're praising God, it's not yours. Right? Those arms you're able to raise, sit down, all those things, they're not yours. And if we start from that point in our life, then it's not going to be hard for us to give up everything in our life. Because I'm sure that it doesn't matter. You know, I hear people say that, oh, um, you know, I, I am self-made. No, oh, they are self-made. They work so hard and did these those things. Huh? Really? Are we self-made? They've worked so hard. They're self-made millionaire or whatever that looks like, right? Are we really? Because the last time I checked, you didn't. You know, you see two people who have given the same platform. One studies and the other one studies, and this one never gets it. But this other one gets it in their sleep, right? It's not like they woke up and they went in and did a little bit of surgery and put chemical, you know, put chips in their brains and then they'll be okay, right? It's because everything we have has been given to us. Yes. And if we start from there, then we'll realize that, yes, guess what? I can give it up. Yes. And God can take it anytime. So the disciples are given this amazing power. They're given this amazing power to do amazing things, but they have to remember who did it. Some of us in our life, we need to think about that. The things I have, my wife, my kids, life that we have, all those things, they are not for me. They are for God to use them in His glory. And if it's consuming you, it's an idol. And God doesn't do very well with idols. Freely they received. But it wasn't for them to glorify in their own way. Start from knowing that everything we have belongs to God. Amen. Psalms 24 one says that the earth is of the Lord, all of it and its fullness. The world and those who dwell in it too. Amen. See, I love the American freedom, I love the independence, but we can never forget the source of it. Amen. See, we have translated this American self, self-governance, self-reliance, to be rebelliousness to God. I can do this. I am an American. I am doing this. And I told you, there's nothing wrong with that. But the minute you forget where that's coming from, the minute you forget that God is the giver of that, there is none of you who said, I want to be born in America. Any? Right? There's none of us. It was a given. It was a gift that was given. You could go on the map and look at one of the worst countries that's going on. And you realize, you see, guess what? There are kids in there. None of those kids says, I want to be born here. They didn't say, don't, I should, oh Lord, don't take me to America or the other good country. 
it was freely given. So when we have that freedom and that independence, let us not forget who has given it to us. We are called to be the light of the world, to show other people the power of Christ. But if Christ is just a season, an addition to your life, how is the next generation going to be intimate with God? Because I see it all the time. I, you go out there and somebody has a big win in their life, whether it's business, life and stuff. And it's like, oh my goodness, look at me. Look at all the things that I've done. And little sprinkler, hashtag, praise God. Like God needs your approval. Like, oh man, honorable mention, Jesus Christ right now. Hashtag, right? But in that what we are doing, we forget that all the stuff and all the things we have, they are His. And if we realize that, then guess what? Before we go out and do the things and give ourselves credit and stop doing what we've been called to do. Because the thing, the issue is not those things. Trust me, I love good things and God has been amazing to me in so many ways beyond anything I can think and imagine. But guess what? We never forget why He's giving us those things. Those business connections, those friends at work, those, those places you go, the reason why He's done those things is so that you can have access to those people and tell them about Jesus. That's the reason why He does that. So His name can be glorified. The, these apostles didn't go out there and say heal demons, I mean uh, casted out demons and healed people and all those things and then they are like look at me, look at what I've done they say praise be to God I am not worth to be counted worthy because he is worthy we cannot be dependent from the church we are a family this whole thing about lone, lone men church doesn't work that way in Acts 24, 41, for then for those who received the word of God were baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. This is when the Holy Spirit came down. And they continued steadfast in their apostle doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Then fear came upon the soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. We matter as a Christian family. We matter as a Christian family. And we have to continue no matter. This was the biggest outpouring of the Holy Spirit recorded. But guess what? They didn't say, hey, I got it. I'm leaving. I'll see you later. I'm going to go exercise the Holy Spirit. They said they still broke bread together. They fellowshiped. How are we preparing our country for the next generation? I want our kids to be kids who are on their knees, crying out to God and praying. I want like when they come here on Sundays or any other day that they are all flocking the altar and they just want to be close to God in the presence. I want them to wake up in the morning and pray and worship and you hear them doing worship music and and praying for their rooms. I want to be walking around and that they are playing in the water and doing all those things that they are saying and worshiping God. That's what I want our kids to be. But guess what? It starts with you. If you are not doing those things, then our kids are not going to be doing those things. Train a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. The disciples were sent out to do miracles, bless, curse, and heal. They were independent to do the will of God. Be independent to exercise. Be independent. Enjoy the independent to exercise what you have been called to do, but be dependent on God. Because away from Christ, there is nothing else. Angie?
Here's my last two verses. Matthew 6, 31, 33. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things, things shall all these things shall be added to you. What does that mean? It means that persecution is coming. But Lord, persecution is coming. What am I going to do? Seek God first and his righteousness and everything will be added to you. God, I'm not sure with what I feel in my heart and, and my family. You don't know my situation. What, what should I do? Seek God first and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. God, I want my spouse to be, to be better. I want them to come to you, God. So then we can do this so we can be mighty in numbers. Seek God first and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. But Lord, my, my kids, I, I want them to make heaven. I want them to be ready. I want, God, can you please, please help me. Seek God first and His righteousness. And everything else will be added to you. Lord, this fear, these things. I see, I see Dana being persecuted and she's standing strong, Lord. I, I don't think I can do that. I, 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 it is too much, Lord. Seek God first and His righteousness and everything, the strength, the perseverance, the freedom, all those things will be added to you. Let's stand up. These things I've spoken to you. These things, John 16:33, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you have peace, even in the midst of chaos that you have peace. In the world you have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That it doesn't matter what happened, God is saying be of good cheer. That means He has a plan for us. That means He knows that we need to be cheerful. Because if Dana and her family can do it, He too can do it in our lives. Mighty King of Glory, we worship you tonight, God, to this morning, Father, this afternoon. We praise you, God, for who you are, Lord. And, and God, thank you for reminding us, God, Father, that Jehovah God out there, Lord, we will face tribulations, God. But Lord, you're reminding us to be a good cheer because you have overcome, Lord. We cannot claim ignorance, Father, knowing, Lord, that the word says, God, and the word says that those days are coming, God. And as we read the story of Dana and her family and many millions who are being persecuted and killed every day, God, it reminds us that we need to read your heart, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are not leaving us as children that do not know, Father, but you are preparing us and telling us, take heed because I'm giving you a warning. It's a big red warning that goes, it's almost time, it's here. We need to to check our hearts, oh God. The mighty King of glory, we cannot do that unless really we submit ourselves to you, God, completely, Lord, and get rid of those things that are holding us away from you, Lord. So I pray, mighty King of glory, right now that you may speak into each and everybody's heart, oh Lord, and reveal those things, God, that are keeping them away from you, God. Those things that are stopping them, Father, from knowing you, God. And if that's you today, and you do not know Jesus, you will not endure unless you have Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your head, and, and I'll pray with you. I'll encourage you. We'll be ready for Jesus. Because these things, like you say, they are coming. 
they are already here in other places. But if you don't know Christ, you're going to be alone. You're going to be that sheep out in the middle of the desert all by yourself with the wolves. So if that's you, go ahead and raise your head. We'll pray for you. And we'll pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of you who have walked away from Christ, it's not a bad week or a bad day, but you are a Christian and you walked away, but you need to come back home. God is saying, come, my arms are wide open. So if that's you, go ahead and raise your head. We'll pray for you as well. We'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord. And for the rest of us, I pray that this message speaks to your inner part of your heart. But I pray, Jehovah God, a covering over this message in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that the enemy does not steal it, Father, but it comes a constant reminder in our hearts how to ready ourselves, Lord. God, we worship you today, and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.